0: Welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market. Hi, everyone,
1: and welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, From public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Ian France, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Ian is a director, credit analyst, and high-yield municipal trader with the team. We've been looking forward to having him back on the show to share his observations. Ian, great to have you with us today on Uni360 Podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. So it's early in 2024, and we'd really like to see how things are looking out of the gate this year. So Ian, we saw a very strong rally late last year, November, December. How would you characterize the market so far in 2024? Sure. So we have seen a
2: fair bit of a treasury rate sell-off so far in the first month of this year, but munis have actually outperformed treasuries for the most part. For example, the 30-year AAA municipal yield is off. Only about 15 basis points year-to-date versus 34 basis points sell-off in the 30-year treasury. Primary supply so far this year has been fairly muted. It's been slightly lower on a weekly basis than kind of the going average. And in addition to that, we are seeing additional inflows back into the municipal market. So we do have some positive technical factors. On top of that, we also have February 1st principal and interest payments that have come back into the market investors have began to redeploy those back into the market and reinvest that cash. Typically, we see a slightly stronger seasonal period around the February month. Principal and interest payments were actually up 25% from January, but they do tend to fall off in the spring months. We also have tax season as well. So it's not uncommon for there to be slightly better technical environment in February, which we have seen We've also seen so far year-to-date, high yield has actually outperformed municipal high grades. We have seen an even tighter technical environment in high yield so far than in the investment grade market. Primary issuance in high yield remains very low. And in addition to that, there is a significantly lower supply of secondary bonds in high yield. So we have seen a slight outperformance of the high yield market versus IG. But overall year-to-date, we have seen some slightly negative performance based primarily on the rate move, but we still believe that the technical environment in municipals is very strong.
1: Great. So it seems like a little bit of a breather relative to late last year, but the tone is fairly good and the stage is set, we think, for a decent year this year, potentially. And thinking about rates, we can't avoid the rate conversation and realizing we don't make interest rate calls or duration bets in the portfolios we manage. Many would still ask, how would we assess the current rate and inflation narrative? What's our assessment and how do we see that affecting the municipal market? Sure. So if you look at the
2: Fed's preferred inflation gauge, the personal consumption expenditure is the core measure of that. On a monthly basis, uh, if we look back at the December print, it was 2.04% on an annualized basis. So we are tracking very close to or basically at the Fed's preferred inflation target, but On the contrary, the job market still remains very strong. So inflation has come down, but the job market is strong. We saw a very hot payrolls number at the end of the month that actually reduced the market pricing in probabilities of a March rate cut from 50% to now 20%. So the market has now adjusted its pricing of a March rate cut it's less likely to happen than it is likely to happen, which has really kind of caused the treasury market to sell off a little bit. Also, if you look at the real rate of interest, it is still slightly elevated versus its 10-year average. So the Fed is in a very interesting position. They have this scenario where inflation has come down, but the job market is still very strong. And the overall economy, frankly, still seems very strong. Nonetheless, the market is still pricing several interest rate cuts towards the second half of this year. We have had some commentary out of the Fed in recent weeks that from different Fed officials who have pointed to later on in this year for some interest rate cuts to the federal funds rate. Ultimately, you know, this is likely to lead to continued volatility in the interest rate market. But we do believe that over the course of the year, in the event that there are further interest rate cuts towards the second half of the year, we are likely to see either range-bound or lower treasury rates overall. This should lead to some municipal market performance. But we do, again, believe that with the uncertainty surrounding the Fed, there's likely to continue to be volatility in the interest rate market, which should carry through to the municipal market and ultimately create trading opportunities and perhaps some concession in yields that provide good opportunities to actually deploy cash back into the market.
1: That's a great segue because, as you mentioned, you know, volatility can absolutely create opportunity. And I think that leads to questions around what type of value we're seeing. And when you look at the late rally we had last year, many still wonder and ask, is there still ample opportunity to potentially achieve a nice total return profile going forward? So with that, can you share some examples and thoughts, I should say, on levels, spreads, and the general attractiveness in the market that we see? Yeah, we do believe that
2: the opportunity set in the municipal market, despite the rally that we saw at the end of the year, is still very attractive. If you look at the income streams that are available in the market, investing in the intermediate to long part of the yield curve for a high-grade municipal, it's still very easy to achieve a 4% yield, and it's easy to achieve a 5% tax-exempt yield in the high-yield space. For investors in the top marginal rate, that is equivalent to a tax-equivalent yield, Of six and three quarter percent and eight forty five percent, respectively. So, tax equivalent yields in the market are still, even after the interest rate rally that we've seen in the later part of last year, are still at extremely attractive levels. High single digit tax equivalent yields for relatively low credit risk in our market. We also believe that flows into our market are likely to remain strong. 2022 and 23 were two consecutive years of outflows from municipal funds, which is a rarity for our market. We are expecting 2024 to have net positive inflows into mutual funds. This should again provide some tailwinds to the overall municipal market. We also believe that with the potential for rate cuts later in the year, there is again the possibility for further interest rate lowering and the additional effect on performance that could have for the municipal market. And we do believe that the credits, many credits in the market are still performing very well. We're seeing the states and localities are adjusting their budgets. State and local revenues have come down slightly, but all the states are really adjusting their budgets, adjusting spending. We don't really foresee any major issues on the horizon from a credit standpoint, but we think Security selection remains very important. We think it's important to have an active manager that focuses on security selection. We still believe you can add additional alpha in addition to your income stream with good security selection and active trading. So we do believe that it should be another good year for munis, which is really predicated on a strong tax-exempt income stream. But in addition to that, there is likely to be potential further upside in the event that there's an interest rate rally, and there's also going to be some volatility likely. So there's trading opportunities present as well.
1: Great. Nice to hear that there's still some runway, and I think in terms of levels and compelling yield profiles, couple that with a solid credit fundamental landscape looks good. So let's dig a little bit deeper into what we like and don't like, right? So let's discuss general portfolio positioning. What do we favor? What don't we favor right now? Sure. So we can
2: start with the yield curve and talk about that a little bit. We do continue to favor the long end of the municipal yield curve. It's something that we have discussed for some time. If you look at the five and 10 year muni to treasury ratios right now, they are at very tight valuations from historical perspective, right around 60%. On the contrary, if you look at the long end of the muni curve, the 30 year municipal AAA yield divided by the treasury yield in the same tenor, it's about 85%. So we're seeing significantly more relative value in the muni space on the long end of the curve. Again, this has to do with a lot of demand that has been present from passive ETFs and retail SMAs on the shorter end of the curve that has pushed valuations very high. We've seen a significant transfer of assets to the money market space and to treasury bills over the last two years. We do believe that in the event that the Fed is likely to implement some interest rate cuts or at least be more active in signaling interest rate cuts towards the second half of the year, we will see a sizable portion of money exit that money market space and that treasury bill space. And individuals will be conscious about taxes as well after they look at their tax returns and tax filings in the upcoming tax season in April. And we think that tax-conscious investors will begin to be comfortable with taking additional duration risk and that they're likely to see additional inflows come back into the mutual fund space, which should lead to outperformance for the long end of the municipal yield curve. From a coupon standpoint, We do believe that a somewhat of a barbell approach with higher coupons that can shield you from interest rate sell-offs with a more muted duration, combining that with lower coupon structures that have a little bit more convexity and upside built into them in the event that we do have an interest rate rally. So we like that approach. And overall, from a credit standpoint, we do like the traditional state and local issuers, core revenue bonds. We feel pretty good about the credit picture overall in the market.
1: It's great. You know, one thing you mentioned, interestingly, is the whole sticker shock of people's tax bill when they see that amidst the landscape of so much concentration in T-bills and money funds. And that really could crystallize people's focus more so, again, into tax-free income like it used to be, right? And so let's pivot into high-yield municipals. You know, this is an area that you spend a lot of your time on (laughs) in the high-yield municipal space being your focus. Can you dig a little bit deeper into this space and how it's evolving? With that said, one of our insights this year focuses on the shift in opportunities we see in high-yield municipals. Sure. So we have seen some
2: changes from some of the large investors in our market. some of the large mutual fund complexes that have had some manager changes recently. And we've seen some of these complexes have been implementing quality uptrades And they have been aiming to increase the liquidity in their portfolios. So we've seen a lot of non-rated bonds being sold into the secondary market. There's been an increase of supply of non-rated bonds in the secondary market. We do believe ultimately that will create opportunities for some fund complexes that may ultimately be selling these bonds to reduce exposure overall Without taking into account individual credit characteristics and relative value and the true underlying intrinsic value of these non-rated securities or other lower quality, less liquid securities that may be sold indiscriminately. So teams that have a very acute credit selection process that is able to sift out which credits are good and which ones are bad and where the value is, there is likely to be continued opportunities from secondary supply going through the rest of the year. We've also seen lower primary supply. We've seen fewer lower quality deals coming to market with some of these other fund complexes that have changed their approach. We've seen really the overall quality of deals in the municipal high yield market have come with slightly better covenants, better security packages, and some deals, frankly, just are not getting done because they're too low of quality. So overall, the primary supply in the high yield market, while it is lower, we're seeing an improvement in credit quality of deals coming overall. We also believe that there's a potential for some positive catalysts in the high-yield market. The Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, the bondholders in that situation, are currently attempting to challenge the status of their security in those bonds through an appeal in the U.S. Court of Appeals. So we believe that in the event that the U.S. Court of Appeals reverses a decision which would basically allow for or it would validate the lien That municipal investors have on electric utility revenue streams, it would ultimately be good for the Puerto Rico complex overall and ultimately for high yield in general. So we do see some positive catalysts on the horizon in the Puerto Rico space that we believe could carry through to the
1: municipal market in general overall. So some great commentary focusing on the high yield municipal space. And today we've talked about investment grade. We've talked about high yield let's talk about how we think about clients maybe allocating across those two spaces. So for years, the team has provided asset allocation guidance related to our base case fund mix for the average moderate investor. So if we were neutral, we suggest clients explore 80% investment grade fund exposure, 20% high yield municipal fund exposure for the average moderate investor. That would be our neutral posture. However, We recently announced a constructive overweight to high-yield municipals to the tune of 70% investment-grade funds, 30% to high-yield municipal funds, based upon some of the comments that Ian's already mentioned. So let's dig a little bit deeper. What's our rationale for this constructive overweight for clients to allocate to high-yield municipal funds? Sure. So I think it's multifaceted, but I think
2: the primary reason for this really is the Extremely strong technical environment that we're seeing in the municipal high yield market, along with the improved credit quality that we've seen overall. We've seen a number of credits that have transitioned from the junk category to investment grade. These credits include the city of Chicago. We've seen the state of Illinois and the state of New Jersey navigate from low triple B to single A. We believe that the Chicago Board of Education is another candidate that could possibly be upgraded to triple B. So we've seen some moderating in sales tax collections and other tax collections overall, but we still believe the states and localities have enough balance sheet and expense reduction measures that they can implement, the credit is still very attractive in the municipal market. If you compare it to the corporate space, municipal bonds, they amortize every year. It's level debt amortization. We're not facing any kind of maturity wall issue that the corporate market is. And overall, we feel that investors are being very well compensated at current yield levels for the credit risk that they're taking in the high-yield market. And along with that, as we stated, the technical market we expect to remain very strong. Many high-yield municipal mutual funds rebooked a lot of yields in 2023 and 22 at higher levels. And for that reason, they're hesitant to sell those book yields into the market that results in the dealer community paying up for bonds in the secondary in order to source them for inquiries and ultimately leads to better performance in the high yield market. The other factor is, again, going back to some of the Puerto Rico catalysts that we see on the horizon. We think for the state of our market overall, some of the court cases that are outstanding and imminent decisions from the U.S. appeals court that potentially could really validate municipal special revenue bonds in general would be a positive factor for a lot of issuers in the high-yield market, really the market overall. So there's multiple reasons why we're constructive on the high-yield market, but we do believe that through the remainder of the year, we're likely to see stronger performance from that segment of the market than the investment-grade market.
1: Thank you, Ian. And I think that's a good time to kind of pivot a little bit into the credit landscape. And you know, on a number of our prior shows, we've talked about the strong credit fundamentals in the municipal market? Are we still seeing that today? Do we see weakness on the horizon? Appreciate your thoughts on that. Sure. So credit fundamentals
2: overall still remain strong. As I stated, tax collections are down slightly, but we still have them at higher than pre-pandemic levels. So the tax base, while it has grown to a lesser degree than it has in 2021 and 22, we still are on tax bases that are quite higher than pre-pandemic. In addition, you know, we have seen examples of the state's being able to cut expenses in order to close budget gaps. For example, the state of California's January budget release for the fiscal 25 year closed a $38 billion budget gap through $13 billion transfer of reserves from the budget stabilization fund and actually over $19 billion worth of spending cuts, delays, and deferrals. Sometimes investors in the municipal market get concerned about cuts in spending, But when you look at the California budget proposal, really all of the spending cuts that were announced were not to some of the types of services that are important for the localities within the state. We haven't seen significant reductions to school district spending, which sometimes can affect school district credits. So overall, for core municipal credit, we remain very optimistic and we believe that there's a lot of measures and levers that the municipalities can pull in order to maintain their good credit quality, they continue to have taxing power, they continue to have reserves build up, and ultimately they can cut expenses, which does differ from the corporate credit space. We continue to be cautious on the high-yield hospital sector of the market. We are starting to become a little bit more constructive in the high-grade space for hospitals, which have began to recover slightly. But we still remain cautious for high-yield hospitals. They continue to see balance sheet deterioration, margin compression from higher wage rates, and the senior living space. We continue to have a lot of concerns there and remain heavily underweight. And some of the covenant light corporate-backed names with lack of security and mortgage interests and projects, single-site project financings, those are the types of deals that we remain very cautious on. We recommend investors have underweight allocations to those and focus on the larger, more liquid components of the market that do have the ability to raise revenues and tax streams in the event that they need to.
1: Great. Sounds like some isolated pockets of challenge, but largely very strong credit fundamentals for the most part in the market. Couple that, again, with you know very compelling levels of yield and total return potential, we are constructive for sure. Moving on to our next topic, in our 2024 Insights, we talk about investors refocusing on the value of tax-free income. I alluded to this earlier, which some of us stems from the sticker shock of their money market tax bill and the potential of higher taxes in the future in general. You know This does lead to questions related to high-tax states in particular like New York and California. So a two-part question for you, Ian. Do we expect demand to be strong for New York and California bonds? And what about credit concerns due to things like out-migration and commercial real estate challenges in those two states? Yeah. So we do expect demand for New York and California
2: paper to remain strong. If you look at the elimination of the state and local tax deduction that occurred with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that still remains through 2025. So the higher state and local tax rates that you see in New York and California, investors still cannot benefit from deducting those higher taxes from their federal income. For that reason, we expect investors to continue to be very tax conscious in New York and California. And as you stated, the federal deficit that we're seeing, we think, raises the prospect for higher taxes in the future. And we expect that to be at the forefront of investors' minds as well. But if you look at the tax equivalent yields for California and New York, they're still extremely attractive, even more so than for an individual in a low-tax state. So for example, A 4% tax equivalent yield in California for someone in the top marginal rate equates to an 8.5% tax equivalent yield, and that's for a high-grade bond. So you're really achieving equity-like returns for a AA municipal bond for high-tax investors. We believe that that is extremely attractive. And if you look at the credit quality of New York and California, there's a lot of headlines out there that are highlighting the commercial real estate market effects for states and localities. We believe that those are very overblown. We don't have significant concerns for large cities like San Francisco and New York City. And I think when you dig into the details with the way that state and locality budgets are affected by commercial real estate, assessed valuation changes, the concerns are not as great. So for example, the state of California, when you think about the way that the projects are reassessed, They're assessed at the purchase price, and then the assessed value is increased each year by a max of 2%. So we haven't seen, for a lot of commercial real estate in California, we actually have not seen assessed values increase to the elevated market levels that we've seen over the past two years. For that reason, many properties are not as likely to be assessed drastically lower and in addition, for cities like San Francisco, we've ran scenario analyses where even under a 20% assessed revaluation for the entire city, their overall property tax revenue would only decline by 5 to 6%. We believe that the headlines are a little bit overblown. If you look at New York City, their property tax reassessments are phased in over a period of five years. So it's not a one-time hit that you would see. It's phased in over five years, and cities would have the ability from a budgeting standpoint to address that over time. It wouldn't be a one-time hit. As far as outmigration, we don't have significant concerns there. We still look at these areas as major metropolitan statistical areas that have a very diverse economic backdrop, California being the fifth largest economy in the world and New York City being the city that it is that still attracts employers and employees from all over the world, we don't have any significant credit concerns resulting from any
1: out-migration from either of these two states. Thanks, Gene. So really helpful perspective for our two largest municipal issuers, New York and California. So very, very helpful. Changing over to some allocation thoughts for clients, Why should investors consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to passive approaches? And what are some of the recent portfolio positioning themes that really bring that to life?
2: Sure. So we have seen passive approaches such as retail SMAs and passive ETFs have pushed valuations on the shorter end of the yield curve 10 years and in to very high levels. So when you consider how you want to invest in the municipal market, really the most value is on the long end of the curve. And one of the best ways to achieve exposure there is through a mutual fund. And mutual funds have several different factors that can benefit an investor versus a retail SMA. One of them is simply just a higher book yield for a group like ours that was active in 2023 and 2022, rebooking yields higher. You can achieve a much higher dividend yield through a mutual fund than you can through a passive ETF or a retail SMA. We also have the funds through booking a lot of tax losses over the past couple of years, have generated sizable tax loss carry forwards. We believe that's another positive factor. That investors can look to when investing in a mutual fund. And again, just the active nature of a mutual fund versus a passive approach where you can strategically locate yourself on the yield curve where there's strong value. You can dynamically change your exposures to different coupon structures to introduce better convexity into your portfolio. And further, you can make better security selection through having a credit research team like ours that in our mutual fund space versus a passive ETF or SMA that really doesn't utilize as much credit research or credit selection to attempt to generate alpha.
1: Really helpful, Ian. And, you know, I would say it's great to see that the team is still optimistic about the municipal market and that we think the stage is still well set for those taking an active approach. You know, this has really been a great conversation and I'm sure our listeners will find your thoughts and insights really, really helpful. But before we let you go, Do you have any parting thoughts for our audience? Yeah, I think what I would leave everyone with is to really just think
2: about the tax equivalent yields that the municipal market offers currently. And I think it's important to view the dividend yields that mutual funds and other active approaches can offer versus SMAs and other types of strategies. There's really an opportunity for substantial yield pickup and in addition, you know, I would state that investors do need to start thinking about the prospect of the potential for lower interest rates on the short end of the curve. Investors that are sitting in T-bills and money market funds, which has been a good trade over the past couple of years, those investors probably should begin shifting their focus to extending duration, going out further on the yield curve and locking in some of these really attractive income streams going forward.
1: Great. We've had Ian France on our Muni 360 podcast. Ian, thanks for joining us out of Los Angeles. That wraps up this episode of Muni 360 podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for
0: listening. Which will vary, it is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Credit quality percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities and cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and/or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. s p rates borrowers on a scale from triple A to D. A through Triple B represent investment grade, while Double B through D represent non-investment grade. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Manager's team of Mackay Shields LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made and macai shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward looking statements the strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy there is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective neither new york life insurance company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax legal or accounting advice please contact your own professionals macai municipal managers is a team of portfolio managers at macai shields macai shields is 100% owned by nylim Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Macai Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Mackay Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.